Hello everyone, my name is Vanessa Menendez Covello and this is the Fresh Needle podcast where I interview fresh graduates and acupuncture students from all over the world and we discuss their experiences as students or running their own clinics, particularly in these very weird times of COVID-19. I want to tell you about an amazing opportunity that is opening up for new graduates who are looking to build their acupuncture practice. Nava Karman is a leading acupuncturist and herbalist specializing in fertility, gynecology, and the immune system. She has run the fertility support company for over 20 years. Nava is launching a new mastermind group exclusively for new graduates. This mastermind group will meet every two weeks to provide mentoring, guidance, and inspiration, and will focus on clinical skills and the practicalities of building a business. This will be a close-knit group of practitioners who will work together for a year to develop the skills and habits required to be clinically effective and financially successful. I recently did a session with Nava, and what I like the most about it is how safe I felt about discussing my fears and worries. I came out of it with a list of very practical, achievable steps to implement change. There are only six places in the group, so you need to apply quickly. Go to www.fertilitysupport.expert forward slash graduate. My guests today are Jenna Valentine and Nicole Fillion-Robin, currently recent graduates um, of acupuncture and herbal medicine at the AOMA School of Integrative Medicine in Austin, Texas. Their latest venture is an online series called How the Heck on YouTube, where they teach us how the heck acupuncture works, how the heck to do Qigong, and all those questions that quite often we don't dare ask of our acupuncturists, but would really, really, really like to know the answer to. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having I'm us, Vanessa. So excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I've been um, looking at the videos. They are fantastic. For our listeners, we will give you the address of the of how to find it in YouTube, and I'll also put it in the description. So my first question, as usual, is um, how did you individually decide to study acupuncture? Did you meet at college? Do you have a healing story? What's your background? I'll start with that. Um, so Jenna and I both met at AOMA, um, Graduate School of Integrative Medicine here in Austin, Texas. Um, we were both in the same cohort um, and we decided to study herbs together because there was so much content to learn. Um, we've we've studied everything from herbs to biomed to um, acupuncture point locations together and um, and decided to just start this video series afterwards. Jenna, do you want to put anything else? Yeah, so we we did meet in grad school and um, Nicole and I were kind of immediately drawn to each other because we're both, a lot of acupuncturists are introverts, but we both are extroverted for the most part. And so we were so excited to have another person that wanted to study like socially. So um, it was so helpful to be together um, I think both of us had different pathways into the acupuncture profession. I know um, many acupuncturists have their own experience with an illness and then acupuncture has helped them. That wasn't necessarily my story. It was more, I had loved it so much for so long and I had been really like almost forcing everybody that I loved to go get it. Uh, and then I one day my, my I had a, a, a divorce and a big life change and my brain finally was like, girl, you could be the one doing this. And so that's how I ended up doing acupuncture and having kind of a major life switch and career path. So um, there wasn't necessarily a big healing story involved, but I have benefited personally um, 
both emotionally and physically from just studying the medicine and having people like Nicole to practice with and practice on? And I'm actually like the complete opposite. I um, I did have kind of a healing story connected with me. And like, I first had acupuncture in like, I believe it was October of 2015 and uh, applied to school like January of 2016 and had already decided by December that I was going to go to acupuncture school. Um, it was just one of those, I'm sure you hear this so much with other acupuncturists, but it was... Um, just a, a huge part of my healing process. And um, I kept on thinking like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And then in November, I was like, well, maybe you should Google how to do this and and see what you have to do to start this career. Um, how the heck do you become an acupuncturist? I, I <laughs> yeah. really Googled that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, but I love that. I love that because for me with acupuncture, it took me many years to actually take the plunge, but I love the immediacy of it. And, you know, I, I had something like that with yoga. Like I took my first yoga class um, in, in San Francisco, actually. I was, I was there for a wedding and it was like, oh, my God, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I've been doing it ever since. But for the acupuncture, it wasn't so immediate. It really took me a while. So I'm really impressed that you were like, yeah, this is the thing. <laughs> you had a slow burn, uh, which isn't bad. I, I just I was kind of looking for a change in my life. I was working at a nonprofit at the time and I loved it there. I loved my coworkers, but I knew that I I needed to find something else. And I I did acupuncture for myself as a patient and I was like, oh, this is it. I'm like, cool. Okay, what now? That's amazing. <laughs> so I have been watching the how the heck videos um, because I'm not very visual. I live inside my head. So I always think, oh, my God, I, I really should learn how to do social media better. I actually <laughs> I, I need it. I need lessons on how to do um, Instagram. <laughs> um, and not because I cannot do technologies, just because I really I, I'm not a visual person. So when I watch videos, I am almost like, how are they doing it? I'm trying to reverse engineer what other people do. And um, something that I really paid attention to is, the, is that the setting is beautiful. So tell me about that. Who's, whose piece of furniture is that behind the table? Because I love it. So uh, this is Jenna. I'll go. Um, that's actually a, an actual treatment area that I have for my bodywork business, doing tween-on cupping and whatnot. And obviously we organized it a little bit better, but that's that's called the Rojo cabinet. <laughs> it's, um, it's actually from like um, uh, just a regular furniture store here. It's so gorgeous. And I think both Nicole and I are pretty like, we're pretty simple in our tastes, but we love mm -hmm. beautiful things. And, um, and there's just a bunch of stuff that we love and um, think represents kind of how we like to flow. So like, why do something when you can do it and also have it done beautifully, right? So I think that's a certain amount of having a nice aesthetic is part of the healing energy. If, you know, you can you can do acupuncture, you can do cupping, you can do qigong anywhere. But if you mm -hmm. do it in a beautiful space that has some thought put into it, and, and I know nothing about feng shui, but I do know that I like beautiful things near me, and I think that other people do as well. And so we tried to have at least some thought in, in what the space looks like so that we can enjoy it. We feel better being there and other people can benefit from the same. So Jenna's being so humble when she says we, it's totally her. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think I, I showed up for our first recording and she was like, look, do you like it? 
it's done. And um, no, so <laughs> the setting was 100% Jenna, and we made a couple tweaks. Um, and the visual thing was not a natural thing for me either. I had actually like, Jenna was like, let's do a YouTube because I had a blog post on my website that was how the heck do you cook herbs? And she was like, we could make this a YouTube and, uh, and have people watch this as a video. And I was like, I hate YouTube. Why would I do that? <laughs> um, so, so it's, um, but then we realized it could really be useful for patients and um, it's, it's been a fun project. And I, I think, think it's, it's starting. Sorry, go ahead, Vanessa. Now I was saying it, I'm finding it useful. <laughs> oh. I and think for um, like the kind of way that it even started was I had learned that YouTube is actually the second largest search engine, second to Google. And I was like, something needs to happen with that. Like, that seems like an important thing. And then Nicole had such a beautiful website for her business, As You Are Acupuncture. And and also Nicole's just like really funny and, and normal and like relatable in the way she approaches client care and also just like other individuals. So of course she has this like relatable, just like, how the heck do I deal with herbs? And I'm like, that's <laughs> it. Because oh my we gosh. all wonder that. And I, I had found myself already... Um, being kind of tired of saying the same thing over and over and over to clients. Like, this is how you do this next stretch or this. Cause we, even though everyone's an individual, everyone has their own unique patterns and symptoms and experience. There's a lot of things that are similar. We're all texting too much. Our necks are bent over computers. Mm -hmm. There's painful periods because we're stressed out and, you know, eating the wrong stuff, whatever. So, so we found that we were like, I found I was saying the wrong, like the, the same thing over and over and I was getting tired of it. So I was getting a little bit lazy and like, how engaged I was with saying the exact same thing over and over. So I'd started drawing these little cards for people. Um, and I'm a terrible artist. So I was like, well, laughter is medicine too, guys. Don't worry about it. You know, and then I'm like, when I saw that on Nicole's website and I and I knew that YouTube had this powerhouse for accessing large groups of people, and I knew I needed something different for myself to be able to relate to clients better, it was just kind of a no-brainer. And also when you leave an acupuncture appointment, for those of you who haven't had it, you know you leave so relaxed. I mean, they call it being accustoned. You're you're relaxed, you're happy. And so when your acupuncturist sends you home with a bunch of like homework assignments, you don't know what they're saying to you. You don't care. You just want to go like bliss out, you know, and, and relax. And so um, I found that I was having to repeat myself. Patient compliance was lower. People still had questions. Um, and so it's so easy now. I can just sit. We Nicole and I made these cute little business cards we hand those to the patient and say, I think that you should do this, whatever it is. And we write on what YouTube video to search up and it has made our lives easier and more fun. Mm -hmm. But that actually, as I was, I was thinking about that and, and it took me down a really interesting route of thinking, which is, um, you know, what happened is we, the, the whole world went into lockdown and immediately a lot of people that worked physically like yoga teachers, acupuncturists, found themselves um, without an income. And then people are trying to desperately find things to do online. And I don't know if you've seen it around where you are, but over here, there's a bit of conflict at the moment because, um, you know, yoga teachers, fitness teachers are doing like classes that are either cheaper or free. And then other teachers are saying, well, you know, don't give content away for free. Um, 
and I, I tend to try to think from a point of view of abundance, like, you know, right. you making those videos is not going to subtract from your value. It's actually no. going to add to it. It really, you're not losing anything by giving people free knowledge. No, and it's been, it's made um, patient homework so much easier for us. And um, I feel like if other acupuncturists want to use the videos because maybe they don't have the time or maybe they hate being on video or maybe they don't have recording things that they want to use, then like the more the merrier. Um, I uh, I don't I don't feel like we're disvaluing ourselves by by giving this away for free. I do think there is a fine line. I mean, I see the I see the business need. I think people in the healing professions don't necessarily have the level of business savvy that I wish that that we did have. Um, and I think there's you know can be sometimes conflicts between being a healer and being a hustler. You know, and and mm-hmm. um, you know we we kind of have a lot of thoughts around around money and in feelings about like should you know we just want to give away our services, and and I think both Nicole and I have worked on our relationships with money and business and and feel good about money being an exchange for energy that we're offering for our services and um, and the the YouTube channel is really just an extension of an appointment that's already there so we're not teaching people how to give themselves acupuncture no one's ever going to replace the need for an acupuncturist for a body worker it's saying hey in between the appointments that you have with either us, or your acupuncturist, wherever you are in the world, these are things that can help you on your healing journey. These are things that your acupuncturist may have just forgotten to mention how to take care of ear seeds, how to take care of an herbal patch, how to take care of your cupping marks, because they've probably said them a million times, or something happens at the end of the appointment, or life happens. And so this is a, it's meant to be a a helper, not a substitute for um, actual care from a, a certified practitioner, a licensed practitioner. Yeah, it's not DIY acupuncture. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I do feel like sometimes some of our shyer patients will walk away from acupuncture appointments and then either like not completely understand what we've tried to tell them or or are acu-stoned and don't uh, don't remember what we've told them. And then they're too shy to ask the questions again the next time we see them. So this is a way for them to just like kind of empower themselves and and be able to look it up. Yeah, and I think, you know, for people to see you and to see the area, I think it's so important. Like when I, um, when I did my, when I redid my Instagram, um, I have very few permanent stories on it, but one of them is I actually filmed my treatment room so that people then knew what to expect. Um, Mm -hmm. but my treatment room, as I said, you know, I live inside my head, so it's, it's, it's fairly bare. So I was looking at your videos and I'm like, oh my God, I love the heat lamp. I love that heat lamp. <laughs> um, I love the heat lamp and I love the, the mug. You have this mug that says comment below. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we thought it would be funny. Um, and that was actually inspired by a physical therapist who I follow on Instagram called Joe Therapy, who has like some wonderful physical therapy videos. And we also, Nicole and I drink a lot of coffee and we love coffee. And what we realized is it was hard to drink our coffee and do the videos. And so um, the the man that Nicole mentioned has like, he's so great. He's like t-shirts that say comment below and whatever. So we were like, hey, let's make coffee mugs because then we can drink our coffee and it makes sense. And it's like a reminder for people to comment, a reminder for us 
to tell people to comment. So we um, we had to make it happen. And sometimes, you know, maybe it's not coffee in there. Who knows? But it's just a way for us to have more fun, um, laugh even more. And and this this is supposed to be a fun project for us that's both helpful and educational and um you know, something for people to just enjoy is not to be taken too seriously. You know, I think a lot of times people can get really like, oh, I'm, I'm a healer. I need to be this kind of way and serious and deep. And, and, you know, yeah, we're in a healing profession. And yes, we have a serious side and a deep side and we can meet people in whatever emotional space they're in. But for the most part, like we're oriented towards positivity and happiness and laughter and fun. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. We mess up a lot. We, we very rarely do more than one take. And usually that's like, because we've had a false start or the equipment (laughs) fell or something. Um, I think we have a video that like shows the ceiling actually, like the camera (laughs) fell and like pointed upwards and we tried to go on and cracked up and then that's it. Right. So we're, we're constantly like messing up and, and instead of calling it messing up, like we, we call it like being relatable. We're like, Oh, we just had a relatable moment. Okay. That's fine. Um, And, and that I think is helpful for other people to see, like, it's not a problem. We, you know, we said the wrong website in the first video. We, uh, you know, there's compl- <laughs> Nicole has so many adorable animals in her space. And, you know, there's just always yeah. something happening. And that's yeah. fine because the point is that we can do these healing modalities. We can do this self-care under any circumstances. Life will happen whether we want it to or not. And it's fine. And it's funny and it's chaos and we love it. And I think it's nice for patients to be like, wow, I don't have to do this in a completely like neutral, like, space like I can do this at home and things won't be perfect or um, I might not know what I'm doing and but that's okay we're all learning together so that takes me to to another question sorry I just keep thinking I can't I can't I wish I could stop maybe I should meditate more but <laughs> anyway I keep thinking um, it was something that actually came up during my course and it made for a really interesting discussion um, at school which was you know um, you know how you watch videos of like practitioners and then you have to comment on what do you think was right? What do you think was wrong? And then um, there was a case where someone said, I really, really cannot relate um, to this practitioner. They're not the kind of person, um, you know, I would go to. They found them. Uh, so I think um, the practitioner was from a culture that's quite serious, quite serious and mm-hmm. quite formal. So the person that was commenting wanted something more lovey-dovey, more kind of like nurturing, more huggy kind of lovey. Um, and I was saying, well, I see both sides because I am the culture that I am. And if someone expects me to be British, that's just never going to happen. <laughs> so right. your stance on that, because it seems like, you know, you, you are on my camp, which is that you are yourself and that's it. <laughs> but do you think we should try to accommodate to our patients or adapt? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always going to try to meet a patient where they are, but it's really hard for me to not be myself. <laughs> like I am just this goofy, like positive, um, lovey-dovey type person. And so to pretend to be serious, like I can definitely be serious when it's warranted, but um, to pretend to be someone that I'm not is, is not, it just doesn't feel natural to me. And in that abundance theory, I do think that there is a type of practitioner for every type of patient and not everyone is going to be a great fit. Like someone might come see me and be like, wow, she was so goofy and had no idea what she was doing. So I want to go to someone who's a little more like a little more, I don't want to say sterile, but, um, 
more doctor, like Western medicine, white coat type person. Um, but uh, I, th- I also think that's okay. Um, like if, if patients don't feel uh, drawn to a practitioner for whatever reason, it's kind of like going to a therapist. Like you can try another practitioner and see how that goes. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that there's also um, like podcasts like this and projects like you're doing, Vanessa, are so gorgeous because they allow acupuncturists to connect. And so then we build these vast networks and we can do referrals. So if if I meet a patient and it's just not quite working and I feel like they're going to benefit more from someone from someone else, then then it's so fantastic that I I will know acupuncturists, you know, now I can say I know someone in, in the UK, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. it's so wonderful to have these kind of moments. And if you come from a place, again, we've used the word a lot, but of abundance, then it's not like you feel like you're giving away your livelihood. You feel like, of course, you're, you're better served by this person and someone else will be better served by me and it will all equal out. And I know when we were in the student clinic, it was always so wonderful to have Nicole there because I knew kind of her vibe and I knew when I met a patient that if I had to, you know, if our schedule stopped working out or whatnot, that I could refer to her and I had an idea of what they were getting. And so I think if anything, it shows the acupuncturists need to become friends with other acupuncturists and also Western medicine doctors and all of the other, other forms of medicine so that we can really thoughtfully like match make almost patients and practitioners. And and I, for me, like the greatest gift that I can give to anybody is there's the space to be authentic. And the best way I can do that is to be authentic to myself. And so um, like Nicole, I have a very hard time being anyone but me. And that doesn't mean that I don't have an entire range of emotional adeptness. Um, and if someone comes in crying, I'm not going to be like, well, hello there. You know, it's not, we're not going to do a silly thing. And neither would Nicole, right? There's, there's social skills that come with this profession. Um Whereas if someone comes in and they're they're making a lot of jokes and they're being really lighthearted, um, the way that the patient enters the space is something we use in our diagnosis. I mean, if if they're laughing a ton or they seem uncomfortable or they're making a lot of jokes, like that is information that we're getting, and we don't have to then force that their their chi of their emotion into any other kind of container by pretending to be somebody else. But I think there's also this thing um, about the thoughts of abundance which is you know i was having a, a mentoring session the other day with um nava carman and you know i live in an area that's chock full of acupuncturists like you know it's just there's acupuncturists all around me and i was you know i was having a bit of a lockdown meltdown kind of like uh-huh. oh my god you know how am i going to ever you know start my business again um and she was saying don't you worry about there being other acupuncturists she said until until every single person has one acupuncturist Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry. Like there's so many people that need acupuncture that really we shouldn't be shy of saying, well, you know, if we don't click with a patient, we could say, you know, I have this friend and he or she is fantastic. And I think it's going to work really well for you both because I don't know, because you're going to, you know, mesh better right. or something. Or even just like geographically being closer and better for their schedule. Um, I like I've told patients before, like the last thing I want is for you to stress out about making an acupuncture appointment. Like if you're driving across town for this and like stuck in traffic for two hours, that's probably not doing your body any good. Yes, yes, indeed. So, yeah, I think we I think we need to 
see it from a place of, of abundance. That's what I keep telling myself when, you know, every day of lockdown is like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. We also start to view it as, as um, you know, we're flooded with acupuncturists because we are, we are immersed in the acupuncture world. But when we actually step outside of our acupuncture bubbles, for the most part, if you ask everyone you went into, everyone you ran into on the street, have you had acupuncture? For the most part, they will know what it is, but they'll say, I've been, I've always wanted to try that, or I've been Mm -hmm. scared to try that, but it's not as common to say, oh yeah, I already have an acupuncturist and I love them and I'll never change. And I'm super loyal. I mean, that's, that's the rare find. And it's also the rare find to find someone who's never heard of acupuncture. So at least where, where Nicole and I are in Austin, Texas, we have a, there are a lot of acupuncturists because there, there were two schools. Now there's just one, but, um, but there are so many more people who are interested and, and are just waiting for someone to kind of help them bite the bullet, make the appointment and start to experience mm-hmm. it firsthand. Yeah. So have you, have you actually run analytics on your videos and seen, you know, are you getting any new patients from there or, you know, do you, do do you have any way of knowing that people are actually leaving your session and then going to check the video because they forgot how to, you know, I don't know, boil their herbs or something like that? Huh. So that's kind of tricky. Um, I, we can search. I've I've kind of looked into the YouTube studio analytics and it looks like we can like look up by age group and location. Um, and so it's hard to tell if a specific patient that we've had uh, like prescribed a video or anything has gone in and actually used it. Mm. Or maybe, maybe I'm just still learning how to YouTube and I don't know how yet. Um, and Jenna has her practice Valentine care. Um, it's, uh, it's open already. She's already doing Twina, but both of us are still kind of waiting on our actual licensing from the state of Texas because we both just graduated in April. Um, so we're not, we're not accepting acupuncture patients yet until we're completely legal, um, in our state. I think also the, the YouTube channel really isn't that the, the idea behind it was not a patient generating format. Yeah. And so um, Nicole is actually like the tech genius between us. She's like so good at all that stuff. And I'm really afraid of it. That is um, very generous, Jenna. No, no, that is, like, <laughs> that is absolute fact. And I, um, and so we haven't really, we didn't really frame it as this, like, okay, th- we're going to do this to get patients. It was more a, okay, we already have these patients and um, we're finding that we're using a lot of our time doing this thing that we don't want to do, which is explaining the same thing over and over and over again. And so it's a, it's um, it's about increasing our patient care, increase, increasing our patient compliance, um, saving our voice and our sanity from having to say the same thing forever. It's about having something fun to do, a fun project, a way that people can be empowered to do some self-care stuff at home. And um, and that's really kind of what it was more about, how to support the patients we already have versus getting new patients, um, which is why we have it under how the heck babes instead of our individual practices, because, um, again, like that's just that wasn't really how it became generated. It was although it will I mean, it will save us time. You know, if, we, if we're spending if we're saving 10 minutes off every appointment with a patient because we're not going through a Qigong motion, then um, then that's 10 more minutes we can spend with another patient or an intake we can do. And so 
again, like the effort we put into it will all come back to us in the end in whatever format. And because it's so fun for us and it's so easy for us and it fundamentally is such a help, I know for me to be like, oh, I'm so glad I can just give them this card and tell them to go look up this video. Um, It's just that all seems worth it versus actually like running the analytics. That's really interesting because I think I think you hit there on, a, on the the nail on the head with the fun thing because you know I've I've been doing this podcast and I see how every single one of the people I've spoken to have their thing that is kind of like their passion. So for example, my first interviewee Alice, she's like an Instagram whiz, and it's like I think it's because she's young and you know young people. <laughs> have been born with that technology like you know people my age it doesn't come naturally um or or you know Zoe for example who's a TCM chef and and there's this passion on on everything like I cannot do TCM cooking videos because you know I'm I might be able to actually literally cook something with some vague medicinal properties but I wouldn't be loving it and I think it would show while well, for example, for this podcast, I love to ask questions and I, I love to reverse engineer things. And I want to know. I really want to know. So this is more fun. So I think that's the thing. Like it really shows in your videos that you are enjoying yourselves doing it. It's not a chore. It's not something, you know, it doesn't feel businessy. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to become the Oprah of acupuncture. <laughs> This doesn't feel like, I, I don't know, I, the last thing I wanted it to be was like a marketing ploy to like, like attract patients to us, because I think that that kind of comes across. And if I'm seeing that as a potential customer, I'm almost like, oh, like, I'm not sure I want to engage with that. Um, if it's too, too cheesy and too car salesman-y. I mean, if Oprah wants to have how the heck babes on her show, we're not going to say no. We're <laughs> welcome. We're open to it. <laughs> I mean, I do think that there's, um, it's so wonderful how everyone, not just acupuncturists, have their own hobbies, right? And and part of it is, you know, a lot of us who end up in these career paths, um, as we get older, we have more life experience that that fuels us. And so we have all these like weird skill sets that we've acquired throughout the years <laughs> of our life. And so how, what better than instead of being like, you know, oh, that was a weird path. It was all disjointed. When you look back over the time, you think, oh, actually, those were all these connected steps that each individual piece of the puzzle didn't make sense when it was alone, but all together, it forms this really cool picture. And so I think, you know, Nicole is so crafty and really good at like, like making herbal mixes and she's so brave about like, Oh, just throw that in there and try it. And, and that's <laughs> my, I'm like, Oh gosh, real, that smells gross. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. You know? So I, I get to learn from her and a lot of times we'll do videos together because she has all these skill sets that I don't have. And I have some, she may not. And so we're actually real time learning from each other in certain videos. Like I've always wondered how the heck you do that. And so um, some of that is really nice that we, we get to both model what it looks like, to um, to teach things to other people, to learn from other people, and then also just to have you know two women who are really good friends. We're not competitive with each other. We're not competitive with other acupuncturists, but we're also on our business hustle. We're unapologetic about wanting to grow and expand because the more successful we are, the more people we can help, and the more we're nourished by both financial energy and emotional energy from other sources, like the better we can do in the world. And, and I think like people resonate with that. I think people like to see 
you know, two women who are you know, even like how the heck babes, like, yeah, it's babes because we're babes. Like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't even matter what you look like. Like we're, we're awesome women rocking it out here. So, um, so I think it's fun to kind of see that like lack of apology, but, but not from a place of arrogance, just from this place of like, we love ourselves, we love each other and we love what we're doing. There's this woman, I can't remember her name right now, but she is the head of, um, I think she's the head of um, browser security at Google. So like, you know, really major. She defends, I think she defends the Google browser, which is Chrome, I think. Yeah. Um, let's hope it is. I think um, <laughs> her team defends the browser from hacking attempts. And her business card says security princess. Oh my I gosh, love that. that's amazing. Yeah. Maybe security yeah. queen has a nice ring to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I now need to look this up. Uh, hold maybe on. <laughs> maybe when she gets that promotion, Jenna. Security queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that you, so um, I once r- ran a team at work where um, everyone wanted to dump the stuff that they want, didn't want to do you know, their teams didn't want to do on us. Um, So I was constantly um, having to say no to people, saying, no, sorry, that's not a remit, no. So at some point I started signing my emails as the queen of no. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. And I feel like uh, there is like this, this idea that you can't be feminine and and also strong at the same time. And like, we could still be babes and be business owners and um, and practitioners and smart and also be sexy. And also like no is just a boundary, right? Like you're the queen of good, healthy boundaries. So, I mean, I, I don't know you very well, Vanessa, but I perceive you as very much like, yes, like you jumped into this podcast, you're doing all these amazing things. Like what I've heard of your stories and travels and your life, like you have a very yes approach to things. And so like, the queen of no is awesome, but it's really, to me, I hear, it feels more like the queen of really awesome boundaries and your welcome world <laughs> for modeling how that looks. Or like a queen of like protecting your team, like protectrix of department. Well, yeah. that was the thing. The thing is, you know, it, it got to a point where my team was just overwhelmed because, they, they, you know, we were finding ourselves with all this work that didn't really belong to us and people were standing <laughs> on us just to, you know, make their own lives easier. But um, that actually ties back to where you're talking about, you know, your previous experiences, a lot, you know, can be integrated with this new life. And it was, I was thinking about Steve Jobs and how at college he took a class on typography like he you know fonts like like mm-hmm. you know when you write and then he used that later at apple to, to kind of like you know as a part of the design process um and personally i found that these boundaries of saying well i'm really sorry but no came very useful when we were in the student clinics because i mm-hmm. had very few problems with people not turning up or people turning up late for my appointments because i was quite able to say I'm really sorry, you're 20 minutes late, so you can either have a 30 minutes appointment or, you know, too bad, but I'm not going to run over and make the mm-hmm. person after you wait because you're late. Good for you. Yeah, that that tended to be a problem in our student clinics too, just people people showing up late or just being disrespectful to student interns because they knew we were interns. Um and I don't think Jenna and I like had problems with that either because both of us were like, we're not going to put up with this bullshit. Sorry. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's that's one of the things that, that it's challenging when you start practicing, right? Be it mm-hmm. in the student clinic or in your own practice. You know, I think sometimes we feel so scared that we're not going to succeed or we're so worried that not, we're not going to have patients that it's very easy to let patients kind of like, you know, take it a bit not too seriously. Definitely. And that, and that, again, like, you know, if you if you go back to the medicine that we all study and practice, it's like that is giving us information about that person. You know, if you have a patient that's constantly pushing boundaries, that's information about how their their chi is organized within them. And so um, it, it's up to us as practitioners to really have um, strong boundaries. We have this amazing professor who's a, a local therapist, Julia Aziz, and she talks about the number of white coats you need to wear. So not not physically, but energetically. Like some patients, you don't need to wear a white coat. You can just wear your shirt. Some patients, you need one white coat. Some patients, you need 20 white coats because you need this energetic <laughs> practitioner boundary um, between you and them. And and I think if we you know, if, if we as practitioners have really good self-care, if we work on our own boundaries, if we understand our integrity, like the, the radius of our integrity and where the ends of that are, and um, the more we know ourselves, the more comfortable we are saying, um, like being, being able to step away from it and seeing like, okay, this individual has this chi pattern. Um, I can step away for a second and then decide how I'm going to engage with it from a place of compassion. I mean, no can be the most compassionate, kind answer that exists because people thrive off of healthy boundaries. That's how that's how healthy children are raised through mm-hmm. healthy boundaries that ever expand in like rational, reasonable ways. And so I think the same patients are growing along their healing path. And if we're um, not in a condescending way, but if we're kind of parenting them through their healing journey, we need to be the ones holding these reasonable boundaries and helping them understand what that looks like for their own life. And some adults didn't have those boundaries as children, so they're learning. Did you did you study five elements as part of your course? Was that part of your what what Not elements so... do you identify with? Ooh. Hmm. Jenna, I'll let you start. I am very much wood. Like I am, I am like liver, not like the anger way. So for those of, if anyone's listening, who doesn't really know the elements they're they're each, each um, of the five elements has like kind of an emotion and maybe a body type and whatever. And I'm, I'm tall, I'm relatively thin, I'm muscular, I'm young, I'm outward, but I'm also like, you know, liver has also like a flexibility to it. You know, wood trees need to be able to bend in, in wind or they break. And, and so part of that is like, you know, I, I have, I think all of us have varying parts of each of the elements, of course, but, but for me, like my pulse is wiry a lot. I'm like ready to go. I'm, I'm, uh, th- that's more me. And I guess for me, I would, I would consider myself more spleen than earth. Um, I, I tend to be pretty like solidly rooted most days when I'm on a good day and I'm like staying true to myself. Um, I love cooking. I love using TCM nutrition um, in my treatment plans. And, um, I just, uh, I feel, I feel like a solid person. Like I'm not overweight and whatever. Like I've just, I, I feel like I'm like a nurturing, um, source of energy. Yeah. I was, I was thinking either, either, um, uh, either earth or I, I was also thinking water in your case. I don't know why I had that Ooh. kind of like feeling of, you know, um, like uh, kidneys. Uh, 
yeah, I'm good through and through. And I'm, you know, I'm the angry kind of wood. Everyone knows this. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm just talking with a friend. I yeah, it's it's something that you know, <laughs> over time um it's it's calming down a bit. But um, yeah, it's like you know, I started the course and I was already planning. I don't know what to wear on my graduation. <laughs> so like, oh my gosh, so sweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yes, it's it's so useful to know you know to know yourself as a practitioner. Like you know, I know I'm good and I know what triggers me and and then. I try to, and you know, my husband's metal, so it can be quite interesting in my house sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the dog is, though. The dog is just love. <laughs> it's got no element. The dog is just a fire, maybe joy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. But, you know, then, then he's also got like, because my dog is like either full on or full off. So then he goes into that, that kind of like deep kind of watery kind of like regeneration phase, which he's I think is really good. He's a dog with boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got some good dog boundaries. Good for him. Yeah. So, so you just graduated then. Yeah, April, beginning of April, which was a really weird time with it being like in the middle of this whole COVID crisis. So we we finished up our classwork on on like Zoom meetings, which to me was like the most depressing thing ever because I just wanted to hug everyone at the end of our classes. Yeah, it's hard at the moment because um, here in the UK for my my course that I did, you know, a grad the, the course the the classes finish usually kind of like late July. So it's all up in mm. the air at the moment, particularly for the third years who mostly they need to fl- finish their clinical hours. And at the moment they cannot do that. Oh. So I feel like you just got there right on the, you know, right on time. I was thinking about this yesterday. We, I think we were super lucky. We could have graduated a couple cohorts ahead of time and like really gone completely a hundred percent into our business and like, had a lease for like $3,000 a month. And then with a shutdown, like that would have been an, we would have been affected or we could be on the other end of that spectrum and just like, like be held back several months just because of clinical hours. But I think Jenna and I, um, I think we prepped a lot too. Like Jenna and I made sure we had all our clinical hours together and all our paperwork together. And I think we graduated right at the, the right time for us. That's great. So what's what's the plan now? <laughs> Is there any plan with this very weird situation of COVID-19? So we're trying to be we're trying to be really flexible with the planning um because so much is unknown. So um Nicole and I both, we each have our own individual businesses. Hers that is as you are acupuncture and mine's Valentine Care. And so we are hoping to share space eventually. Um, but signing a lease at this time feels a bit reckless. So we have some ideas around where we want to practice. Um, but we're also both really interested in in having a mobile component where we can offer our services in, in kind of a concierge format to people in their homes, in their offices. There's a lot of people are really scared right now. There's a lot of emotional support that needs to happen. People are very stressed out. Um, it's never been a better time to understand how important healthy immune function is and preventative care is. So um, there's a lot of, uh, she and I have been, Nicole and I have been talking about about what it will look like and how we can be best of service 
as people start to go back to work. Um, we think the landscape, at least in the United States, is going to change pretty dramatically with more people remaining working from home because companies are going to realize that that actually can work. And um, and so that that will be interesting in terms of keeping company cohesiveness. So, you know, one way that companies can potentially keep their their cohesion and their their team is through wellness formats. And and who better than Nicole and I to help them help them succeed that way? Absolutely. And maybe you can do I, every time I hear like um, I know people that that go to place, you know, to to patients homes. But it's always um, here in London. It tends to be because the patients like, I don't know, like Robert Downey Jr. or something like that. <laughs> so, Yeah, I mean, there is there is cost involved and, um, you know, there would be like travel fees and extra mobile. You know, it wouldn't be the same as if someone came to us. But there, there's a lot to be said for people who can't leave their home. You know, maybe they mm -hmm. have agoraphobia. They're scared to leave their home. Maybe they've thrown out their back and it's really challenging. Maybe they're a senior. They can't drive or they have anxiety around driving. There's a lot of reasons that meeting someone in their space is, is a benefit. Um, and so, you know, I think that while, while Nicole and I wouldn't be able to curate our own treatment environment in that way, we would like, like Nicole and I can vibe wherever, you know, we can... We've been at, you know, folk festivals doing like doing this medicine. We've been in China and all sorts of scenarios doing this medicine. Like we can roll anywhere. Like that's not a problem. So I think because both she and I are relatively able to like create the vibe we want, we feel confident that we can go into a sterile office and we can go into someone's super messy home with our kids running around and we can still kind of create our own energetic bubble around our little like this is our energy treatment space, and this is where some some serious healing work is going to happen. All right, lovelies. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, which is a shame because I could speak to you both for hours on end. But thank you so much for our listeners. The videos are on YouTube. They're called How the Heck Babes. But Jen and Nicole will explain now how you can find them more specifically. Thank you so much, both. Thank you so much for having us, Vanessa. Um, the easiest way to find us is through our bit.ly link, and that's bit.ly forward slash how the heck babes. Thank you so much for having us. It's such a joy to talk to you. I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast. And I hope you guys check out the videos, whether or not you're an acupuncturist or um, someone interested in, in how to do some healing stuff at home. We will show you how the heck to do many, many different things. <laughs>